Today on The Girl Defined Show, we're talking all things boy craziness. And if anyone knows about that, it's our friend Paula Marsteller, who literally wrote an entire book talking about her experience from being totally guy crazy to finding freedom in Christ. It's going to be a really fun conversation today, y'all. We're talking all things boy craziness, like I said, and the stories that Paula has to share with us are just great, and I share some of my own personal stories as well, so it's going to be me, Bethany, and Paula, but first, I just want to make sure that you know all the fun things that are happening here at Girl Defined Ministries. There are so many things going on, and I could spend the entire podcast episode telling you all those things, but then you would just fast forward and not enjoy it, so I'm just going to tell you about one of them, and that one thing is the Girl Defined Conference happening on July 30th. And 31st. Now, if you've heard this and you're like, okay, skip, 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 I've already heard this before. Wait, pause, pause, pause. Do not skip this because I have something exciting to share with you. You may think like, okay, great. The Girl Define Conference is happening in San Antonio, Texas on July 30th and 31st, but I can't make it in person. So not my thing. No, it, it actually is your thing because as of last year, Kristen and I made it possible to have a complete online experience from your very own home or from your friend's home or with a group of you at your church. So basically you can now have a complete online, amazing simulcast experience at the Girl Define Conference without actually having to attend in person. So if that's just not possible for you this year, I want to encourage you to go to girldefined.com slash conference, girldefined.com slash conference, um, or girldefined.com slash simulcast if you want to go directly to the simulcast page and get all of the details. Tickets are run at a super reasonable rate. We also offer a VIP package for our online attendees. So if you want to join in on the Q&A or um, get the you know t-shirt included and the, the verse cards, if you want to get all of that included with your ticket, then you can get the VIP ticket but I would love to see you there. Um, or if you if you can't join the simulcast, but you're like, I can come locally. Awesome. We'd love to have you local. Either way, we are going to be talking all about what it means to shine bright for Christ, to really be a woman, a young woman in our day and age who is bold, who is courageous, who understands how to live out God's biblical design for her life, and who isn't afraid and scared of being a Christian woman in our day, but is bold and courageous because of Christ's power within her and because she knows who she's living for and what her purpose is. If that sounds like something you need, just kind of some just extra strength and encouragement to make sure you are going in the right direction as a Christian woman, then I invite you to join us. We have some amazing speakers, incredible worship, awesome coffee, of course, food trucks, late night party. It's just going to be an awesome time with the sisterhood. And I think we need it. I think we need it more than ever. So go to girldefined.com slash conference or girldefined.com slash simulcast to get all the details. And without further ado, let's jump straight into that conversation with Paula. Thanks, Paula, so much for joining us today. This is going to be such a fun conversation because I, um, I've, i you know, kind of seen you over the years. And I remember when your first book, Confessions of a Boy Crazy Girl, came out. And it was totally the season I was in. And so I'm really excited to talk to you. Thanks so much for joining us. Oh, thanks so much for having me. It is a delight. So for those who don't know you, can you just give like a quick background, who you are, what your life looks like right now, and just kind of what you do on a day-to-day basis? Sure. I am 38 now, which is crazy. And I I was single a lot longer than I ever wanted to be. Mm. So now I find myself with two toddlers, uh, a two and a three-year-old as I record this. And I'm kind of like, I feel way too old to just like to be doing this. Um, but it's what, it's what God had for me. Go back to 
before you wrote this book, because you wrote this book, Confessions of a Boy Crazy Girl, and you are sharing a lot of your journey in that. And so you are 38, married with kids now, um, but you weren't married for a lot of your life and you really wanted to be. And I relate to you on that because I didn't get married till I was 30 and I had some serious boy craziness <laughs> and my own set of stories. So take us back to maybe the time you first found yourself like thinking about a guy or noticing a guy and saying like, hmm, I want to be liked or I want to like a guy. Can you tell us when that was and what that looks like? It doesn't have to be the first time, but one of your earliest memories, I guess. I would say I remember as a little girl, like I was probably six or seven. I would lie in bed at night and just repeat over and over, God, please let me marry Chadwick Chandler Chatterton um, over and over. So it started really early for me. But I remember a really significant moment for me um, where I actually came to believe some real lies about Mm. myself and about love was when I was in eighth grade, I believe. And we went on a field trip. And um, just before we went on the field trip, I had some super strict parents, but I decided to change into my friend's itty bitty shorts that were like mm. hardly longer than my underwear. And um, I remember that on that bus ride, um, a guy held my hand for the first time. And I came to believe through that, like, oh, beauty is my ticket to love. And Mm. beauty for me, you know, I was comparing it to the world. So it was like, I've got to, you know, put my body out there. And um, yeah, that was a pretty pivotal moment for me. Mm -hmm. Which is so interesting because I feel like so many of us, we don't talk about those moments or really think back to, okay, when did I start going down this path of just in a really, I guess, unhealthy way? Um, Because obviously God designed marriage and he designed men and women. And so it's a beautiful thing, but for so many of us, it becomes an idol and something we feel like we must have in order to be happy. And we don't often think back to, okay, when did I start believing that? When, when did that happen? So I think it's really interesting that you've stopped and really thought about, okay, when did that happen? And what did that look like? And when did those lies start? So mm-hmm. at that point, what did the next few years of your life look like, you know, seventh, eighth grade up through high school? Yeah. Well, I did, like I said, I had really strict parents. So I lived a double life and Mm. I lived one way at church and another way at school as much as I could get away with it. And the Lord in his great mercy really kept me, um, from, from a lot. I remember I started dating this, uh, varsity football player. I couldn't believe he liked me. Mm. And um, we would start to like go to his house. If school got out early, I wouldn't tell my parents it got out early and we would make out in his bedroom and like really, really bad situation. I put myself in, you know, when I found out he very obviously wanted to have sex with me before Mm -hmm. marriage Um, for some reason, I guess my upbringing, whatever the Holy spirit, I wouldn't. And so he broke up with me and, Mm um, and there was more of that. There was like guys finding out that I wouldn't give them what they wanted. And there was a lot of dating non-Christians during that period. mm -hmm. And then, um, and so I just became really jaded toward men. I actually remember hating men for, for a season and just being like, you know what, if, if this, this is obviously not giving me what I want. And so Mm -hmm. I'm going to just try the God thing. But the God thing for me wasn't like a vibrant relationship with Jesus. It was this skewed idea of who God was. I didn't understand the gospel. I didn't understand that Jesus had performed for me. I felt like I had to perform for Mm. him and that he was angry with me. And so then I was, you know, trying to do all the right things, but my heart was no different. Then at that period, I was looking at 
Christian guys. Um, but my, I was so needy and I went through this constant cycle over and over of finding a, a cute guy and, um, doing crazy things to get him to notice me mm-hmm. and just very bound up mm-hmm. in that cycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I totally relate to that. I can remember like being at Christian camp, you know, in like sixth grade, seventh grade. And oh <laughs> it was, you know, they were super strict. Like you had like a six inch rule, you know, you couldn't come, you know, it like guys and girls couldn't get within six inches of each other. So there was no touching or anything. But, you know, you were still creative trying to, I remember like trying to get a certain guy to notice me. And we were under the, like the little, I don't know, basketball court. And I remember running up and grabbing the bandana from around, like, I don't know, his color team bandana and grabbing it and then running away trying to get him to chase me and it worked and he and he started chasing me and I'm like oh my goodness this is the best thing ever you know like in my little girl mind and then going home from camp and it's like darn it he's gone and now I don't have that attention anymore um and so that's that's often kind of the strategies we use especially when we're younger but you mentioned that you didn't get married till you were how old 32 I think 32 okay 31 or 32 did you ever imagine that that would be your story? And if if not, what like how did you handle those extended years of singleness that you were yeah. not wanting? If someone had told me that I would be single until I was 31 or 32, I think I would have said, shoot me now. Like, I don't <laughs> even want to live. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. So boy, it was it was painful. There were so many tears. There was a lot of just um, pouring my heart out to other people and to God, a ton of journal entries. Mm. Um, yeah. And there were, there were, you know, moments where I definitely did not handle it well. And there was a lot of self pity. Um, and then as time progressed, like there, there were more moments where the Lord gave me really incredible like ministry opportunities. Mm. Um, and there was, there were, there was sweet growth and stuff, but that, that desire never, abated, never went away. Mm -hmm. And when did you end up actually writing Confessions of a Boy Crazy Girl? Was that before you got married or after? It was. Actually, this is so fun, Bethany. I actually ended up meeting my husband through the book after it was published. No. (laughs) Yeah, I could share that story later. But um, what was the question you just asked? Yeah. So when did you, so you you wrote it it before you got married. So this was- Yes. I guess kind of like a huge, you had learned some huge lessons in your life to be able to share from that point. Yeah. And I remember actually, I prayed for like five years before I wrote it. And I was just like, I knew I was in the middle of it. I still didn't Mm. have all the answers, but I was like, God, someday could I write a book for boy crazy girls? I just, Mm. even then I had this sense, there's no way I can be alone. I can't be the only one struggling with this. And boy, was I right. Mm -hmm. Um, and the Lord just tucked that desire in my heart and in his time brought that to be, which is amazing. I'm so mm-hmm. grateful. So what were some of the, for you, like the biggest truths you had learned to combat the lies that you felt needed to be shared with others? So obviously you have this book and you're like, okay, these are the biggest things I think boy crazy girls need to hear. What were some of those things? One thing is I just, I longed to give the gift of hope to other girls mm-hmm. Um that that change is actually possible that while you still have this desire like it doesn't have to consume you and rule you and make your whole life you know dark and gray and gloomy like there is incredible life in Christ and he mm-hmm. has amazing plans like 
he wants, this is what we're made for. He made us for him to be Mm. in relationship with him and then to represent him. And, um, we get to do that as a single, we get to do that as a married person. And it is so exciting when we get on board with that purpose for our life. Mm. Um, so yeah, I wanted to give girls hope that if God could change me, oh my goodness, he can change you. Um, but it's, it's a journey, right? I wanted to show girls through, uh, my book that it's, it's a process. It's not a quick fix. Mm. And it's, it's not, it's just not enough to hear someone else say, God satisfies. Um, you, you have to experience him yourself. And the way to do that isn't easy. Like you have to learn. I had to learn how to study God's word because that's how he speaks to us. That's how he's revealed himself to us. And that's not terribly exciting, you know, in the 21st century, um, with movies and, you know, yeah. everything there is. like, oh, I got to open this old book and learn how to study it. One of the biggest breakthroughs for me was something I learned from an old dead guy. Um, no disrespect to him, but <laughs> Thomas Chalmers wrote this sermon called The Expulsive Power of a New Affection. And he talks about how we can't trick ourselves out of desiring what we desire. It's just impossible. But the thing we can do is we can find something even more lovely Mm -hmm. and we can learn to love that thing. And that love will eclipse our old love. And I, um, it was really fun. I saw just a a cool example of that in my life as a single, I was older and I was having some health issues and a doctor put me on this crazy strict diet where he was like, no sugar, no bread, uh, for at least a month. And I thought it was going to be awful, Bethany. Like, (laughs) I wouldn't be dreaming about like sugar cookies and nerds and chocolate chip cookie dough ice cream. But what happened is I I went to a health food store. I picked out like the fattest healthy cookbook I could find. And I would spend hours in the evenings like prepping incredible meals. And I couldn't believe it. But at the end of that month, I could say like, I didn't miss my sugar. I Mm. never knew food could taste so good. Um, Yes, it was a lot of work, but it was, it was great. And I feel like that's a really good um, Mm. picture of what it's like with pursuing God um, and bringing our desires to him and um, coming to know his love for us. It's going to be work, but it's going to be better in the end. Mm -hmm. I love what you said, that quote you shared um, just about like the finding a greater love. And I know for me, that was the turning point um, because I got, like I said, married at 30 and I was 100% like you. Like if somebody said, Bethany, you're going to get married at 30 when I was like 18, I would have been like, are you kidding? This is the worst life ever. Like just, it's like, I don't want to be here. It's really, really hard when you're in that place. But even it's even harder because you don't even have the assurance that, oh, you will get married at this point, you know, for when you're single and you want that and you desire that, it's not like that desire just disappears and you don't know the future. So for me, I know the struggle was imagining myself being like 80 in a rocking chair. Everyone else has this wonderful life. And I'm like, you know, with a bonnet sitting rocking my (laughs) life away. That's just how I imagined it. Um, But I remember the turning point for me um, was similar to what you described. It was this moment of realizing that my purpose on earth is to glorify God, to live for him, to be in a relationship with him. And that 
that's something I was called to do no matter my relationship status. Mm -hmm. So if I were single, that was my ultimate purpose. And if I were married, that is my ultimate purpose. And I know for me, I remember realizing like, oh, so my circumstances might change, but my purpose remains the same. Um, And so even now, both of us obviously being married, our purpose still is the same. Our circumstances look different. We have husbands and children and it looks different. But if our goal in life isn't focused on living for Christ, glorifying him, knowing him, then like I know many young women who have got married and been brutally disappointed because Mm -hmm. they thought that ring, that marriage, that title would do it for them. Um, So can you take us to your, I, I, we have to hear about like your meeting your husband. I mean, oh, we can't, okay, yeah. we can't, we can't leave that. So you go through this point, you end up writing confessions of a boy, crazy girl. God mm-hmm. did so much work in your heart of just learning to find, you know, contentment and joy and purpose in him, which is a lifelong journey. Obviously none of us have arrived there. We're all very much working on that, but you said that the book was kind of part of your journey to meeting your husband. So you have to dive into that story a little bit. Yeah, I would love to. Um, so I think it was probably about a year or so after it was published, maybe I was looking for um, bloggers to write reviews for the book. Mm. And somehow I actually, we ended up figuring out how it happened, but I'll spare you all the details. But Trevor and me ended up crossing paths on Twitter. And um, when I saw his profile, I saw that he had a blog at the time where he wrote book reviews Mm. and he had over a thousand followers. And I was like, Oh, like, and you know, I, he was obviously a Christian and, um, I thought I'm going to ask him if he'd like to review the book. So I messaged him and I was like, you're not exactly my target audience, but I still think you'd resonate with the message behind the Mm -hmm. book. Would you be open to reviewing it? And he said, yes. So I got his address and sent him a book. And it's so fun (laughs) because he told me later that when he opened the book, he was with his two best guy friends and he like showed them, you know, I, I'd signed the front and yeah. <laughs> um, showed them the book and they're like, you're going to marry that girl. What? Yeah. I don't know if they were just, you know, fooling around. I have no idea, but that's and what they said. Were you thinking anything at this point? Like when you no. sent it to him? Okay. No, no. I mean, I have to be honest, like any guy as a single, any guy, like I, there was a radar, like I yeah, knew, yeah, yeah. okay, uh-huh. he's single, he's a Christian, yeah. like maybe, but not, not really. But, um, what happened is he wrote a really good review. Like I really liked, it was really cute. There was some line about like, yeah, I'm not exactly the normal audience. Like I'm kind of your like gun toting, um, you know, whatever he listed like his hobbies. Um, but he, he really resonated with the message, um, which has been really consistent, um, with readers. It's been so cool. Men, women, I mean, who doesn't resonate with just this, looking to mm. lesser things than God to satisfy sure. us. So anyway, um, yeah. So after that, I was intrigued and I was like, I would, you know, I'd, I'd like to kind of keep talking to him. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, I haven't shared this story. Um, I don't know if there'll be time to back up, but just before this happened, while I was writing the book, there was another relationship with a guy where mm. it really looked like it was going to take off. And he had me kind of on this emotional roller coaster for like a year and a half. And I finally learned how to like trust God and not like pursue in any way, which was yeah. huge for me. Um, and I thought it was going to turn out and it didn't. And, mm. um, he ended up telling me he wasn't attracted to me. It was very hurtful. 
Um, so fast forward, um, now with Trevor, I wasn't so extreme at this point where I wasn't like, Oh, I can't do anything at all. Mm. So I ended up messaging him and saying, Hey, I'm moving right now. I'm selling a bunch of books. I can tell you love books. Um, would you be interested in looking at my list of books and maybe ordering some? So he said, yeah. So he looked at my list and he ordered, um, two Amy Carmichael books of poetry, which I was like, okay, that's intriguing. Like an accountant who likes poetry. Um, So I sent them to him and then he sent me the check and the check was very generous, like significantly more than I had asked, I think. And so again, I was intrigued and I was like a generous accountant. Like, (laughs) Um, so we messaged back and forth. I think Oh, I think that I, I managed to move it from Twitter to Facebook when I said that about the book sales, because I mean, seriously, how much, like how long of a conversation can you have on Twitter? Yes. You can't. So I did kind of finagle that of like, I'll move him to Facebook so that, you know, with the book list. And then we hopefully we'll keep talking. Yes. We did. Um, but it would be like 10 days between messages. And I was just like, I don't think he's interested um, but then maybe four months or so in, he um, said he had some vacation days he had to use up and he was thinking about visiting this Paula girl. What did I think? And what? Yeah. <laughs> and he didn't say that he liked me, but I'm like, you know, I mean, wow, like there, there's certainly potential. I don't know. So anyway, I planned this whole guy's weekend. And it, oh my goodness. Yeah. I've, I just, it's been so long since I've like read the book and heard the story. So well, I'm like none, all into it. <laughs> you know what? None of this is in the book. That's so true. It's actually, that's true. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Actually, I don't think I've ever shared it like via a podcast or anything. So, oh, hey, this is special. You're I offering, love it. <laughs> yes, exclusive content. Um, so I found a place for him to stay and I planned the funnest guys weekend I could think of. Like, um, let me see. I knew someone who had weights in their basement. So we went and lifted weights. I so guns. So we went and shot guns. Um, You're we literally went, planning things like, what does he, what could he like? What could he like? Let me. Yes. Yes. Like anything that I could think that a guy might like. So like we went canoeing. Um, and I actually, um, I, I had my mom and my sister praying for me like crazy, probably others. And I just said to them, like, you guys pray that, somehow by God's power, I would be able to show this guy a great time and Mm. not expect anything in return. Wow. Um, Which for me, I knew would be impossible, but that's that's what I was, you know, seeking to do. So the morning he's set to leave, we're going to Chick-fil-A for breakfast. And um, I was just, I I kept this conversation super surfacey because I was holding back tears because I was thinking, I really like this guy. Mm. I'll probably never see him again. Um, if we get into anything too deep, I'll probably start crying. Yes. Well, anyway, he like shocked me and at Chick-fil-A, he did the manly thing. And he said like, how do you think this weekend went? And I was like, good. (laughs) How do you think it went? And he's like, you know, do you see our relationship going anywhere? And I was like, um, I, you know, you tell me, do you like, (laughs) yes, I'd love it to. So we actually like, started dating, right? I mean, he had to leave right then. So it was long distance. Um, but that was how the Lord orchestrated. It was through that book and that book review. Wow. That is so cool and so crazy, but I love that when he, Trevor came into your life, you were at a place where you even 
as imperfectly as we all do, we're desiring to, I guess, not have that expectation and that hope of, but just really wanting to love him like as a brother in Christ and not manipulate things, which I think is the hardest thing to not do. Like I remember with Dave, my now husband, I wanted so bad to manipulate the relationship and just like, you know, kind of like do stuff to make it happen and not trust God. And I love that you are at that last moment with him and you're not like forcing things. You're really having a surrendered open hand and willing to let him go if that's, you know, what God wants, you know, you're not forcing it. And I think that is such a difficult thing to do. And especially with the amount, I think, of social media that we have. And just, I don't know, us girls and women are like pros at manipulating and getting things that we want. And oftentimes we are, you know, so manipulative that we kind of almost trick ourselves into thinking that there's something there when really it's like all on our end and the guy's like just Uh kind of responding, you know, and I know I've been there, um, but I so many times. Yes. So for the girl who's in that place and is hearing your story saying, wow, I want to be able to do that. Like I want to be able to interact with a guy (laughs) and not totally like have that open hand and not totally manipulate. Well, advice can you give to that girl who's desiring to be where you were in that moment, but isn't quite there yet? Well, I would say that was one moment in my life. If you knew all the times I failed, you would, you would feel better about yourself. Um, (laughs) uh, So I would just say you're, you're not going to do it perfectly Mm. and God will not give you a guy because you do it perfectly. Um, Mm. He will give you a guy. He will do whatever in your life because he is sovereign over every detail of your life. And I would just encourage you, you can trust God with your Mm. love life. I know it is like so, so hard to imagine um, doing that in a culture where it's just go get what you want, girl. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would, but I would say like, don't go to a crazy extreme like I did at one point in my life. Um, I, I, I really believe that God calls us not to like, separate ourselves from guys more and not talk to them, but to love them, like not to just view them as a potential boyfriend, but to remember that they are my current brother in Mm. Christ. And the greatest command God gives us is love him with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then love our neighbor as ourself. So I think, um, I I just long for that for my single sisters Mm -hmm. is just this freedom to love the guys in their life, um, knowing that knowing how deeply God loves them and that Mm -hmm. he will withhold no good thing from you. Mm. It is time. He will give, he will give you every day what will glorify him most and what will be best for you. Um, And I know it's hard to believe that in the moment when, when our desires conflict. And I guess with that, Bethany, I also would just encourage girls to just keep pouring your heart out to God. Um, I remember hitting a point in my life where I was like, should I like, is it even okay for me to keep praying for a husband? Cause God just keeps slamming that door shut. So like, maybe I'm wrong and even mm. continuing to pursue that in, in my prayers. And um, what so encouraged me was just the account of Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane and how he time and time again, three times total that we're told of brought his request to the father that if any way possible, this cup of suffering could pass from him. But every time he landed at the place of, but not my will, but yours be done. So through that, I just was encouraged, like, keep asking, keep asking, and keep surrendering. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's so, 
so timely. And I know so many of the sisters in the Girl Defined Sisterhood are in that place. Um, And, you know, it's amazing because exactly what you're describing is something that doesn't stop if you get married. It's something that continues on. And can you just speak to that just a little bit for our married listeners out there who are saying like, you know, I struggle to, um, to long for Christ and to make him my, you know, everything. And I constantly am looking to my husband to do what only God can do, which is to fully satisfy us. Um, just for those that are are listening and that are in that place, what encouragement can you give to her, to the married woman? Um, I don't know. Is there like, what can she do to not make her husband an idol and have so many expectations on him? <laughs> what a great question. I got to tell you, like, I don't know if you brought your boy craziness into marriage, Bethany, but the the biggest way that I see me bringing it into marriage is exactly that. Just huge expectations for Trevor to, um, to fulfill all my desires for feeling treasured and loved and beautiful. And like, I would, I would want him every day to tell me I was beautiful. And I remember, you know, the first, the moment he saw me with makeup on, like that morning, I would expect him to say something right then. And Mm. yeah, I, I, I feel sorry for the guy. It was rough. It was rough in our dating and it was rough in early marriage. And, um, so it's a process, right. And I, Mm -hmm. I just think like, all of life is repentance and just continually, you know, telling God, even sharing with your husband, hopefully you have an an open relationship where you can communicate Mm. freely with him. Um, Just sharing openly about your struggles with that. And then continually just um, returning to the word um, and returning to just being still with God and pouring your heart out to him. Mm. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's really the same thing we do as a yeah. single. It's just there's there's slightly different temptations. Whereas I feel like as a single, you're kind of desperately searching and looking at all these different guys. Then as a married woman, it's very easy to just set your sights on this yeah. one man and be like, all right, you need to deliver, buddy. Like, <laughs> you put this ring on my finger now, like make me feel like queen of the world. Whereas um, like God has given me to Trevor, you to Dave, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to to help them and to love them. They're our closest neighbor. Like he calls mm. us to love no one. I, I, that's kind of how I take that verse. Like if, if he calls me to love my neighbor as myself, my very closest neighbor is Trevor because we're one flesh. And yeah. so um, that's, that's a mighty high um, assignment I need God for big time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I so relate to that. And I'm laughing so much because I'm like, I relate so much, you know, and I always, I always say, you know, like when, because I mentor a couple girls who are single and I'm like, you know, the best, the best thing you can do. And if God has marriage for you, the best you can gift, you can give to your husband one day, if, if that's what God has, is just to work on your, really your character and your relationship with God. And the more Absolutely. you, the more you know God and the more you find your security and your satisfaction in him, like what a beautiful gift to give your husband. <laughs> like, oh my goodness. And I've done that. Oh, I've done the opposite of that so much. And I'm just so grateful 
for Dave and his patience and, you know, kindness when I am an insane person. So it's wonderful to be patient and to wait for a truly godly man. And I'm, you know, I'm so grateful that God was gracious to me. And and I know for you as well, allowing us to wait, even though we desperately wanted that. Um, so I do want to encourage the the listeners, like, you know, it's, I know it can feel like, if I don't get him, it's the last one off the island, you know, like I've got to be with him. But it would, and I, I've heard this said, like it would be better to be lonely and single than to be lonely and married. And mm-hmm. there's nothing more difficult than being married in an un, you know, unequally yoked relationship or just a, a relationship where you are not on the same page of desiring Christ. And I know we have listeners who are in that place and would resonate with that saying yes to the single girls, like be patient, wait, um, trust God. And if he has marriage for you, it'll be better to wait for a godly man. And if he doesn't, then you can serve him wholeheartedly in that place. Um, Absolutely. Before we wrap up, Paula, can you just give us, um, I guess, some direction on where we can go to get confessions of a boy crazy girl? And then if there's any specific places they can keep up with you on a more regular basis? Oh, thanks for asking. That's sweet of you. Um, So my website is paulawrites.com. And you can get a free leader guide there if you want to like go through the book with a small group Mm. Um, or, you know, like you said, someone you disciple or whatever. Um, But you can find it on Amazon, Christian books, you know, Barnes and Noble, all the places. I usually direct people to Amazon. Perfect. And then um, I am on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and I'm um, at PaulaWrites678. Awesome. And I know I follow you there and you're always posting encouraging, encouraging tidbits. And I know that um, y'all will be so blessed if you follow her and we'll put all the links below, but I would really encourage you, you know, if you're in that place and you're like, I want to break this crazy cycle, I will want to be intentional about getting out of this boy craziness or this man craziness, however old you are, whatever season you're in. um, I know that confessions of a boy crazy girl will just be so encouraging to you to know, like, you're not the only one in the world. I've been there. Paula's been there. She shares super openly on honestly about her crazy tactics to get guys to notice her. So you will feel encouraged to know like, okay, someone has been in the same place as me and she is on this journey of finding freedom and living for Christ. So I really encourage you click the link below to grab confessions of a boy, crazy girl. And Paula, I just want to say thank you for joining us on the girl Defined show. It's been such an honor to have you on with us. It's been so fun to talk to you. Thanks, Bethany. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today, guys. We really appreciate any time you spend with us every single week um, on Mondays. That's when our, our episodes release. We have some great conversations coming up over the next few weeks. You're going to wait and want to make sure that you are subscribed and leave a review, leave a five, five-star review if you enjoyed this. Um, that really helps to spread the word. And I'm serious. It takes like five seconds just to click that five-star button. So if you're like, that was a great conversation. I really enjoyed it. Or I enjoyed a previous episode and I never left a five-star review. Please, that helps us so much. We are almost to a thousand reviews as of right now when I'm recording this and we would love to reach that milestone. So we really appreciate your help in making that happen. And And again, I hope to meet you in person on July 30th and 31st at the Girl Define Conference in San Antonio, Texas. Go to girldefine.com slash conference um, to grab your ticket. I can't wait to see you either in person or online via the simulcast option. Grab your ticket there for at girldefine.com slash simulcast. And we have some great conversations coming up this month. You're not going to want to miss them. So make sure you're subscribed and we will see you next week.